share, share my screen. Uh, okay, uh, I noticed Adam Ariel is on the line, so I want to start by uh, thanking Adam for a really beautiful um, article he sent to me on this subject, which was uh, much better than my prep, honestly. <laughs> um, and uh, so I'm going I'm I'm to use his material a lot. So I'm going to share the screen now. I hope all of you can uh, see the screen in coming now. Okay, now you should all be able to see my screen. Um, and if you, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not going to be able to, for now, I'm not going to try anything fancy. So I probably can't see the, um, I can't see the chat. Good. Uh, can I see that? Right. So uh, if you have any questions, you can write, you can, you can uh, write them on the chat or you can, um, which you see, everyone will see it because I'm sharing my screen or you can uh, just ask your questions. But if you're not asking a question, please mute yourself. Okay. So let's start the class now, actually. Right. So this is how many parshiot should be laying the Shabbat after uh, quarantine. Uh, we'll see that uh, because it's Vayakal Pekude uh, this week, so it, the, the answer to that question might change um, might change uh, after this week that it had um, in previous weeks. Uh, what I don't, I don't want to reach a firm halachic conclusion because I think this is the kind of issue that's going to have to be left uh, very clearly to every uh, synagogue. Uh, so what I want to do really here is intellectual history. And the intellectual history will perhaps have an impact on what you think the halakha should be. And you'll probably have a clear sense at the end of what I think, how I would paskin, which is not the same as saying what everyone else should do. So we're going to start with the Zohar, uh, which we'll treat as a text of indeterminate date. Um, the interesting thing about the Zohar is that uh, whatever you think it started, it doesn't seem to have made it into the halakhic conversation in, through the normal channels that you would expect the Zohar to make it into it. So we have to figure out whether that means that we're misunderstanding it um, or not. So here's what the Zohar says. Asir dekari parshasa o miluchada. Okay, so somebody who's reading the, uh, who's reading the Parsha, uh, right, can't be posek a Parsha. That probably means uh, one of the Parshiot, astumat and psuchot, o afila miluchada, or even uh, to cut. And I, th I think here, lemifsak means to cut even, um, uh, even one word, um, or it could mean to cut a word in half. I don't think so. This is a, a rewrite of the halachic statement that you can't uh, you can't stop in the middle of one of the tuchot and stumot that Moshe Rabbeinu um, said. That's not what matters to us. Now he says, Now he says, the words of one parsha of one Shabbos, right? So now we're not talking about Stumat and Tuchot. Now we're talking presumably about the parshiot for laning. So the um, right, so the um, the words of one of the parsha of one Shabbos should not interfere with the words of another parsha. Razada, what is the secret of that? The Shata de Ifsiku Parshion, in the time when the parshiot, again, presumably the parsha of Shabbos, were divided. Each one put on their crown and stood in front of Kadosh Baruch Hu. When uh, when they were all um, when they were all divided, they all got stood in front of God and said, They each of them identified themselves as a member of a particular Shabbos. Um, Right, so God calls Yofiel, right, who, uh, right, who's in charge of everything, and fifty-three chariots, um, and they're each appointed, right? They're each appointed. parsha the Shabbos Each of them is appointed by its own parsha. And each of them serves the Torah of that, of that parsha. Right, and they can't interfere 
with each other. Afilu kimlonima, right? Even right, the smallest, uh, the the closest a, um, a bit. Afilu bechad teva, even one word, or afilu beosachar, or even one letter. And each one is kimade pasik lana kodesh baruch as God had um, as a, a portion to them. Bekama de manilan, sorry, kama de manilan binun parshion kolchad bechad al mitre. And the way he appointed them, each, um, each on each parsha, each one on its own uh, mishmeret. Okay, so that's about the strongest possible statement you can have, that there is an absolute connection between the parsha you're supposed to read on Shabbos and the Shabbos. And in, this, in the Zohar's universe, presumably, uh, one can argue at least, it doesn't make any sense to think about making up laning, because each laning is assigned to each Shabbos, and you mess things up if you rate lane one parsha in the other. Now, maybe that's better than skipping. Okay, you could argue that, that um, missing a Shabbos is still worse than having one interfere with the other, but that's not usually the way, um, the way Kabbalah works. Usually, I, my, my amateur impression is that Kabbalah usually cares a lot about order and more about order than um, skipping, and the model is uh, how you, right, whether you make up uh, the Pesukah uh, Zimra after you, um, if you, if you went out of order to miss them or not. Um, but here we have, so here we have a clear model that seems to think that laning is a matter of this shop, this Parsha for this Shabbos. On the other hand, if you look at the Rambam, who's just one of many ways of resolving a fundamental problem in Sugyot, he says, Moshe Rabbeinu tikein lam Yisrael shukorin b'torah b'rabim b'shabbos v'sheni v'chemishu b'shachris, right? So Moshe Rabbeinu set up laning three times a week, that's the way the Rambam has it, in the morning. So I shouldn't go three days without hearing Torah. And Ezra added Shabbos afternoon because people waste their time Shabbos afternoon if you don't have something for them to do. And Ezra also adds in that the minimum amount of leaning on Monday and Thursday. So you have two separate Takanas. One is the Rambam, one is Ezra. Sorry, one is Moshe Rabbeinu and one is Ezra. The way the Rambam sets it out, Moshe Rabbeinu establishes three days a week and Ezra, Ezra adds Shabbos afternoon and adds the amount. Another way of reconciling it is to claim that Moshe just sets up Shabbos morning and, um, and Ezra sets up the other three times a week. Each of these have their own difficulties. Uh, for me, what's most striking in the Rambam is that he never mentions anything about what you have to lane on Shabbos. Later on, we'll discover that there's seven kruim but there's no mention of what Moshe Rabbeinu was mitakein at all. Not even the minimum amount that Ezra sets up for the others. And that seems, right, the vision we have here, so, right, the Zohar sets it up that, you know, Kadosh Baruch Hu assigns each parsha to each Shabbos. But I don't know when he does it, because it doesn't seem to have been done before Moshe Rabbeinu, and it doesn't seem to have been done by Moshe Rabbeinu. So this gives us a very different impression, and that also, of course, is enhanced by um, his a historical thing that you're probably all aware of, which is Bnei Marava de Maskila Raisa that in Israel, they did not have a one-year completion of the Torah cycle. They had a three-year completion of the Torah cycle. And that seems to suggest that however the original Takana was set up, finishing the Torah in a year was not, the, um, was not a primary goal. And, um, and we also know that there are other places where they broke up various other partial Mishpatim in particular, um, depending, you know, depending on depending on local customs. So the Zohar's notion of this absolute connection between the laning of one Shabbos set out in advance and that particular Shabbos um, devised, you know, devised in advance of the year, 
seems a um, seems not to be followed, not not to be supported by um, by the by the earlier literature. But okay, we have our two visions, right? One is the Zohar, which says that there's something special about leaning for this Shabbos. Another is where there's something important about leaning on Shabbos, but it doesn't seem to matter very much what it is that we uh, what it is that we lane. Um, you have um, right. You have you have not here, I should say, mentioned either in the Zohar or in the Rambam any idea that you absolutely have to finish the Torah um, in a year. Uh, the Gemara says that in that in, in that in um, Israel they fix they finished it every three years. So it could be that whatever the cycle is, you have an obligation to finish it completely, or it could be that they you know that to avoid boredom um, and to avoid the impression that some parts of Torah are more important than others. They just set it up that there was a cycle, but we can tell that they're not really, you know, terribly devoted to the cycle because, after all, they break it for Yom and Tovim. Um, so it's not an idea that the Torah has to be absolutely in order, and it's not necessarily an idea of a completion either. It's just that they had to have some way of setting it up, and to leave something out would have been um, would have been uh, poor thinking. Okay, that's our very broad background that you have a Zohar hanging in the background, which really believes in this connection but that the other frameworks we have so far don't seem to suggest that there's any necessary significance to any of the leaning um, at all. And what we could argue is that both of these models um, militate against any kind of repetition. For the Zohar, it's wrong to repeat. And for the Rambam, it's pointless to repeat because the whole point is to lean on Shabbos. And if you, you do a longer leaning this Shabbos, okay, you did a longer leaning this Shabbos. It has nothing to do with the question of whether you um, lane last Shabbos for the whole purpose was just to um, was just to make sure that there was Torah, right? whether because of Torah once every three days or because uh, Moshe Rabbeinu had a uh, had an originally set it up as once a week. Okay, all that um, sort of changes uh, when an when an incident happens in uh, Vienna. Um, there is a Rua, I see multiple dates. So he he was born somewhere between 1180 and 1200 and died somewhere between 1200 and 1270. Um, and you can, um, so you can locate him approximately. If anyone has uh, more accurate information that they're confident of, they can, um, they can include that. Um, okay. One second. I need, to, I just, um, no. Okay. Um, fine. Okay. Um, okay. So let Stop, before I stop you, I just want to do one thing. I apologize for a sec. Um, I apologize. Uh, okay, we're back on. Um, yeah. Okay, so here is the um, here is the um, the Orzaro. So he says Masahaya be Colonia. So there's an there's a thing that happened. I believe it's in Cologne. Um, so they had a, a habit where people could uh, issue protests against something happening in the community uh, before laning, and somebody issued this protest before laning, um, during uh, before in, in Parshat Emor, and he stopped the laning the entire day. Okay, right. So he um, he complete right. He completely. Uh, he completely stopped leaning. So when the next Shabbos came, Siva Rabbi Eliezer Rabbi Shimshon Zatzal. So Eliezer Rabbi Shimshon, about whom I cannot find anything at all other than he lived around that time and it was probably a Paitan, uh, declared, So the next Shabbos, he ordered that they lane two, both Parshiot, 
starting from where they left off. Not that you lane the not that you lane the, this week's parsha, then you go back and lane last week's parsha, but that you lane both parsha in order. Vishalola Dalek, probably this space stands for parsha, uh, parsha echad min Torah, that you shouldn't leave anything out of the Torah. Lifi, kimimos mashera benenitkan likros ha-Torah b'farshi yoseha u'lhashlima b'chol shana v'shana. So he has a different vision. In the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, there was a decree to read the Torah by Parsha and to finish it each year. Okay, so he's obviously you know, adopting the Babylonian practice as, and claiming the Babylonian practice of finishing a year goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he claims that this is the rabbinic takana. Right, because he thinks that there's an idea that every year the people should hear all the mitzvot in the Torah. Okay, so Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimshon says you have to lane both parshiot in order um, because you're not allowed you're not allowed to skip. Okay, now he says, Don't say that. Look, it's time passed, and now you right now that parsha is gone. Now I think you'll see this won't show up again apparently until the Gra, but I think that um, his language here is 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 borrowed from the language of Arzmano Batol Karbano, of Arzmano Batol Tfilato, um, by, of, of Karbano and Davening. And he says you might think that that there's a set time for, la- for lading this Parsha, which is on Shabbos. Nope, that's wrong. Right? Lefi, ki ein keve v'parshio likros Parsha zu v'shabazu v'zu v'shabazu, ela ki chein nistera ha-parshio. Okay, so you can, can't have a, a more anti-Zohar notion than that, that the, uh, whether he's before or after, um, there is no order to read the parshios on this Torah, on this Shabbos or that Shabbos. It just happened to work out this way. Okay, so this is a very creative measure because he claims that there is a takana, uh, there is a takana that you have to lane the all the lane it by parsha, and you have to lane it every Shabbos. But then, but the purpose of the takana is that you have to lane the whole Torah during the year, and therefore, if you missed one, you could make it up. Now, presumably, he doesn't think that a shul could decide, you know what, we're only going to meet once a month, so let's meet once a month and deliberately, or let's, you know, because we want to get to Kiddush earlier most weeks, so let's, um, let's skip laning three weeks and put it and lane on the fourth week. After all, that way we're still fulfilling the Takana. Uh, so this is a very difficult position to sustain, that there's an overall Takana, and the overall Takana can be filled whenever week you want, because after all, no one really cares what you lane as long as you finish. Okay. And he has a, uh, he has a really peculiar, um, has a couple, he has a couple of riots, but one of them is really peculiar. The first riot to this is um, that, uh, it, right, is, that we lay, is that we lay on Shabbos, right? And, we, and when, Shabbos, when Shabbos comes out, then we just, um, we just make everything work out, the, uh, work out the way it does. So that's um, okay. You know, when Shabbos comes out, we skip. So that seems to suggest there's no real connection. And right, so that's fine. That's perfectly reasonable. Then he says um, a really weird right. He says even if you were to say that there is a keva on Shabbos in Kriyas Parshas, meaning you're supposed to lay in this parsha now. Nonetheless, he says you're still not going to push it aside. Why? Because the Shir Shalyom. If you don't say the Shir Shalyom on Shabbos because it's um, because of one of the days um, when it's not supposed to be, then you push it off, and you right, you skip you push the Shir Shalyom one day out, and the end. You missed the last. Sorry, if one of the shir shalyom is supposed to say on the on on Yantiv gets gets um, gets missed because it's Shabbos, you push it off and you just skip the last one. 
So that tells you when you have some kind of order, you start from where you left off and you just skip the last one. So don't tell me that you lost this Parsha because really, if you thought the Parshas were fixed, what you would really do is lane last week's Parsha. And what we should do is we should keep laning, um, we should keep laning a Parsha behind the whole year. Okay. Uh, right. So that, that I have to say is an utter, it's an utterly, uh, utterly wild, right? That he tries to say how that doesn't, how that doesn't, you know, how why, here we shouldn't skip it. Really, really wild, Raya. Now he says, Ve'en Lomar, right? And this is, I think, um, has a much more uh, compelling point. Ve'en Lomar, she'en likrot mishum torach tzibur. Don't say, you're not supposed to read because it's just too much of a pain that for the, for the congregation to listen to two leanings. Demrinam memesecha sofrim, she'afilu bavur pasag echad chozer v'korei kol ha'parsha, k'defrish esleil, v'lo cheshina mishum torach tzibur, we said if you, if you skipped even one pasuk um, in laning, then you go back and read the whole laning. So secondly, we often lane double parsha. So don't tell me because of Torah Sibur that you can't do it. Okay, and then he has an interesting line. He says, V'kachi mitzvah min Okay, at this point, I'm happy that people unmute themselves and tell me, what do you think is his mitzvah min hamuvcha? Any suggestions? No? Okay. Uh, it's not clear to me either. Uh, but one possibility, it seems to me, and I think the most likely possibility as far as I can see at this stage, is that he tells you that everything that he's talking about is just a mitzvah, is just a mitzvah mihem mubchar. Um, right? That you, that you don't have to lane it again, even though our Blazer Shimshon, back up here, Blazer Shimshon did order them to lane again. Um, but he thinks that it's not an obligation, it's just a mitzvah mihem to lane it again. Um, Right, that, seems, that seems to me to be the the simplest reading of the uh, the simplest reading of it. This, other explanations would be that it's a mitzvah and a mufkar somehow relates to the um, to the note right to the notion of leaning double partial when there's enough. I don't really uh, understand how that would fit, but I'm open to being uh, I'm open to being challenged on that. So what do we what do we get from the um, from the uh, or the road get generally? If you skip a parsha, it's at least a mitzvah and a mufkar to go do it again. Because there's a premise that Moshe Rabbeinu set out a, an idea of finishing the Torah each year, for which he doesn't really have um, much support. Um, he gets rid of the idea of Avrazman Kriyasa by saying that there's really no Seder to each Parsha, which again is a creative notion to say that there's separate Takanot, and it really doesn't matter what you learn in any Shabbos, even though you have to learn every Shabbos. Um, could be, right? There is a position later that says that you know, really we could break it up randomly whatever we want, as long as, uh, as, long as we make it, uh, make it fit in the end. And as for Torah Tzibur, his proof about Torah Tzibur is that, um, is that we lane double partial sometimes. And that's a very good proof. Uh, his proof that from Masech is so firm, however, that we go back because you skip a Parsha, that's not very impressive at all, because it might be that's, our, you know, that's a punishment. You, right, you allowed a mistake in lending to happen. Or it could be that that's a corrective. You might think that you might think that that pasuk is really not in the Torah, right? You've created a misimpression, 
So you create a misimpression, you have to go back and correct it. That makes sense. That, that seems to me, you know, a very strong position, but it doesn't necessarily lead that if you missed the Parsha, no one thinks that Parsha is not Madura. You just didn't have lighting that week. It's not a mistake. Right? So you're not, you're not reifying a mistake if you skip a, a Parsha lighting. So that proof doesn't seem to me very strong at all. Um, so we have really is a good proof that double parshiot are not considered tircha de tzibura, and a very creative notion that you're supposed to mit- make up parshiot, which in the end he says is the mitzvah min Um None of this pays any attention to what actually happened in Colonia, right? We could leave aside all the theoretical superstructure and say, okay, here's a rabbi who's faced with a situation where somebody was mevatel the Kriyas HaTorah. And now the next job is you have to figure out what to do about the, right, when this person was mevatel the Kriyas, Kriyas HaTorah. And if you skip it, there are probably going to be people who are angry at him forever. And if you say we're going to do it, Dafka, because we can't let people, uh, we can't let people prevent us from learning Torah, so you're going to have people mad at him because he's making them learn a double Parsha. So the best way out is to say, well, there's some kind of chiyuv to redo it, and that way the person isn't responsible for missing the whole parsha, but it's not, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not trying to satisfy the dafkaniks, it's really a chiyuv. So it might be that this is a good way of navigating the problem, and we don't have such a, um, we, don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to be so convinced by his arguments. I, you know, frankly am not terribly convinced by his arguments, but the Rosarua seems to be, as far as we know, the first person who the first, the first person on record we have addressing the question, although it's very unlikely that he is the first time in history that anybody ever uh, skipped laning, uh, he doesn't, in, in his truva, address the question of why it was that you missed laning. He, see, right, he, he assumes his reality, and you don't know whether he would have passed differently if instead of, um, instead of being the result of a single person holding up the entire community, um, in which he, you know, he might say there's a community, the community's fault for not addressing it. He might say it's particular's fault. All sorts of reasons that case might be unique. You know, nobody who would say, for example, they were required to evacuate because of floodwaters, or if all their sefer Torah were puzzled. We have no way of knowing. Okay, the Orzeruach is um, is summarized in the Sefer Haguda as follows: The Sefer Orzeruach in Bitlu B'Shabes Hatame. That's the expression for what happens if you, uh, right, if the um, if the person complaining prevents you from uh, from going through the uh, the whole, the uh, I think it's going through the, any any part of the tefillah. It might be referring specifically to the laning. I'm not sure. Velokaru parsha, parsha sabash de parshios. Okay, so this is a deep. Uh, this is a a very a very um, high concept thing. It leaves out all the details. It leaves out all the arguments. I don't know if um, if it's specific to the idea of the way in which the refers specifically to the um to the complaint or whether it applies under any circumstances at all. Uh the Marie Vile, right, as you can see we're moving on we're moving on in time. Right now we're we're in the uh, 15th century. Marie Vile says the Erfurt So there's some kind of uh, priest put an interdict on the community. The Shabbos Parsha's Naso Shlokaro Asidra, right? And therefore they didn't read the Parsha. So there again, um, the Marivail um, insists that they read the two parshas 
presumably beginning with last week's parsha to make up. And he says, I have a copy of a tshuva. Right, so he's following uh, right? So he, right, so he follows the Orzuru and he thinks his circumstance where the church prevents him from leaning is the same as the Orzuru circumstance in which the, um, in which the, um, the person complaining prevented them um, from leaning. And that, you know, that would give us, at this point, we would say that we have a pretty straightforward record that if you miss one week, as the um, and we have two circumstances, you miss one week either because of an internal community dispute or because of an external decree. The solution is make it up the next week, beginning with the um, with the parsha uh, from last week. And at this point, nobody has suggested any reason why this would be a bad idea. I've right, explained why it's a good idea, except for Tirchanisibura, which is a weak answer because you have double parshios all the time. So it might just you might ju- this might just be a um, uh, you know a a safety measure. This is the best thing among all things. It might just be a mitzvah So far as we know. Okay. The other issue we have is um, again in the 15th century another case comes up, and this is the Maram Mins. And here's his case. Mashash Alta Almasa Sheira Kal Kadosh Vermsh. Right, so here, uh, right, this is a uh, this is something that should be very familiar to us. Um, right, so basically, this past Shabbos, uh, they couldn't. Shisha um, Gavri Kadina, and they called up six Elias and everything went great. But when the Chazan called up Shvi for right for Shvi Chazak, Nafal Tagar Ben Shnei Gavra. So two people fought about who gets called up for uh, Shvi, and the, and the fight goes on to the point that everybody just leaves the Sefer Torah there. No one knows what, no one knows what happened. We don't know what caused the fight, who's, who's right, who's, who's wrong. Could be Kamsa, Bar Kamsa, whole gamut. Uh, okay. Uh, Jerry, do you have a question? Or, no, okay. Um, okay. Uh, this goes on for two hours. They can't, uh, right? They can't, um, they can't figure out who, um, who do, um, right? Who, 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 right? Or figure out a way to make them settle. So everybody leaves. They take a different sefer Torah at the Aaron Kodesh. And they go to the teen minion. Jakar in Sumrash. The Sham Karushvi, and they laid Shvi there. Uh Vishlimu Hasedrik and the Kunam, everything everything's finished there. The Lonisha Bevesaknesis Shalir, Rakdal Dohea Nashim, Osem Balemachlokas Vitsirafa. So the the few people who are involved in the fight, right? The few people who are involved in the fight, they're the ones who um they're the right, they're the ones who uh, right who stay in shul and everyone else leaves and lanes somewhere else. Okay, but guess what? That, that was a new fight. Now we're trying to do what are we going to do this Shabbos? Some people want to lay in all three parshios this coming Shabbos. And their explanation is their explanation is not the Zohar. Their explanation is not that we have to finish laying for the year. What they say is 
Look, everybody but the five, those five people left in shul lanes, and they heard all of the Torah, but they didn't finish in that shul, they didn't finish with that Sefer Torah. They used this different Sefer Torah. So that insults the first Sefer Torah. It looks like the first Sefer Torah was puzzled. So they have a special thing. Every shul has to finish the laning with the Sefer Torah that it starts from. It doesn't, right? If it doesn't do that, then, um, right, then it, right, then you have to make it up. Okay, you can imagine this was not a very popular position in shul. Uh, three partials. We all heard it. We all heard it anyway. And it's just because you guys had a fight. The oat. Okay, there's another position. Okay, right. So this is a very, very clever answer. It took you guys too long to lay in shvi. And if you look at Kriyas Torah as a single thing, so we have halacha by tefila by by tefila um, um, that if you have a break in your davening long enough that you could have done the whole davening, then you have to start over. So maybe the same thing's true by Kriyas Torah. So the rest of you weren't Yodzei Shvi either. So they have two reasons that they want, right? And he says, what about Megillah? Yeah, maybe Kriya Torah is more common than Megillah. Megillah, we let you, we make last forever. Kach das Okay, it seems to be pretty clear the Shoel is one of the people who stayed in Shul and feels really bad about missing laning. And so he has come up with two, re- two interesting reasons to make them lane uh, all the whole Parsha over for him. Right? One is, after all, you didn't, you didn't lane it from this Torah, and this Torah is going to look bad. And number two, that you guys weren't Yosei anyway because you took too long. Okay, really not compelling. Um, and some people say, no, what we did over there was enough, and there aren't enough of you left to make a minion to be Chayev anyway. So, right, so we were satisfied it. It seems like everybody concedes at, in the question that if they hadn't finished Shvi somewhere else, if they had left the Parsha unfinished, that they would have to finish the laning now. It's just because every individual um, or even the whole community packed up and finished the laning somewhere else that you might think you might not have to. Okay, if any, anybody who's not muted and doesn't have a question should please uh, mute themselves. Okay, so here's, that's so far the question, but the Marim Bintz gives a very different answer. He says, nearly... Says, I don't think this is correct. I think you should just lane this week's laning. First of all, he says, you claim they didn't, weren't Yod Shvi. That's ridiculous. And he has his own interesting analogy by Shofar. We say that if you hear nine tekios in nine shows, you're Yod So Kriya Torah is like Shofar. There's no time limit. You know, right. We can say Mishaberos for all of, um, for you know, for an hour between each aliyah. What difference does it make? Um, okay, that's his first answer. Okay, second answer, he says, He says, where do you get this idea? Now here he doesn't really understand the the shul. The shul thinks that the shul in this shul has an obligation to finish laning. Maybe he says, I don't understand. If everybody in shul leaves and lands somewhere else, what does it have to do with the place? And he goes back to shofar. By shofar, you don't have to be in the same place to hear shofar. That doesn't make any sense. And he says, if you're talking about what, you know, a claim that the Sefer Torah is Paguma, 
That's ridiculous. We're going to lane from the same Sefer Torah this week without any corrections. So that's it, right? So that's an absurd reason. That's an absurd reason also. Okay, and secondly, it says everyone knows that, were, that every, they were having a fight about who got to lane. They're having a fight about who got to lane, or at least who got the Aliyah. Obviously, everybody thought the Sefer Torah was fine. So he gets rid of all the Shoel's reasons to make you, to make you um, lane again, and I think he's absolutely right about that. It makes no sense at all. But now he says, what do you want to say? Um, so I wasn't here for the earlier sources, but was it clear in the other sources that they were dealing with a case where there were like multiple shoals? Is this the first one we've seen, or I don't know? No, the Orzarua was, was dealing with a case where there's only one, so for, where the, um, there's only one shul we know about, and nobody left, right? In the Orzarua, somebody got up and complained, that's his right, right? There's, right the, or her right, right? That the nature of the, the medieval community was that you could stop davening if you had a complaint. So the whole community was stopped. Um, so it could be, there's no necessary conflict between so far, because you could agree over there, right? Over there, you have to lane again because over there, the community never finished laning, uh, never even got to laning. Mm-hmm. And over here, right? Yeah, entirely possible to distinguish. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see is that the Maramins never, uh, right? Um, the Maramins didn't see the Orzarua. He only saw the summary of the Orzarua. So I have to figure out whether if he had seen the whole Orzarua, that, that would have changed anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so now here's, here's what he says. He says, Amina. Here's what I said. And this is what I coming in. I think even if they had, ne- they had never gone to the team, they just finished after six aliyos. They didn't finish the, uh, their obligation of leaning on that Shabbos. Um, now, that seems to assume that there is an obligation to lean a particular amount on Shabbos. I'm not convinced by that either. But we could say maybe he means that they only lane six aliyos and you have a chiv to have seven aliyos on Shabbos. Mikol makom ain't shayach likros b'Shabbos haba gimel sidros vayakel pekude im vayikra. He says, but nobody's going to say you lane three parshas. Why? Kidin ze lo matzinu kiim b'sefer or zerua. He says because this whole idea that you might ever have to repeat laning that only comes from the or zerua. Nobody previously that he knows of ever said you should. Or nobody has said the other way around. But nobody ever addressed the idea of making up Parshas, which is quoted by the Aguda, and it says as follows, So it only says, um, This should be probably a bit. Um, So he has a very Miduyak reading of the, the Aguda's citation of the or of the Orzarua, that he only said this because it's one Parsha, and he wouldn't have said it if it were more Parshas. Okay. There's, if we look at the whole Truva, maybe, maybe not, right? He does get rid of the idea of Tircha de Tzibura on the grounds that we have double Parshiot. We don't know if he would think the triple Parshiot were that much worse than double Parshiot. You might think it depends on how long the Parshiot are, right? If you have, um, that's not a big deal relative to uh, Kisisa, right? So I don't know if that's, I don't know if he had, if he had actually seen the Orzerua, if he would have said that. The Can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, no one's addressing anything special about Parsha Sachodesh. Is there a special Chiyav that's different? That's a fair question. He doesn't address, he doesn't address landing. Uh, I think, I think that everyone assumes that Parsha Sachodesh is connected to his Shabbos, and there's no point making it up. I think so. I don't know for sure. Um, okay. 
And he says it makes sense, his interpretation of the Orzaro makes sense. Because if not so, it's infinite. How many partios could you ever have to uh, could you uh, could you have to uh, uh, could you have to lane? Uh, right. So that's a um, that's an interesting argument. Now, it's not in the soap. The most you'd have to lane is fifty-two partios. Um, you could try and make it right. So that you also presumably, Four. pardon, fifty-four. Fifty-four partios. Okay, thank you. Uh, it depends on which way you count the doubles, I suppose. <laughs> um, and um, and anyway, presumably it would restart at uh, at Simchas Torah, right? If if you're ta- if you're going with the idea that there is, you know, that you have to finish the landing in a year, so after a year, presumably it doesn't. But okay, his argument is that there comes a point at which it's implausible because of Tircha de Sibura. There's only so many parts you're going to lane. So it seems to him what he really says. So here's what I say: He really doesn't understand why you lane two. Except he says, okay, two isn't such a tircha de tzibura, uh, because two isn't such a tircha de tzibura, um, therefore, um, right, therefore, um, therefore you can lane two, but not certainly not more. He says, right, oh, um, also, uh, right, so I think it's Eilad Abrasov me'ata. I'm not really sure how to read this line, but I think what he's saying is that. Um, if you let more than two, there'd be right. There would be a um, there would, you you could you go on forever. On the other end, he says you might think like, what's the point of laning two parshiot if um, right if you if you missed five? Rakam or dafka shabbos achas shabbos is a gimel right. But he says one as opposed to two or three. Um, right, he should he should have said he should have said two or three. Why does he say one? It must be that he uh, right that um, that he thinks. That um, you only you only lane one. Uh, okay, it's not much of a proof at all, I don't think, uh, because the reason he said he said one is because it happens to be the case in Colonia, and he was su- he was summarizing the outcome of the case of the Orzarua. Um, so I think the Maram Mince is less compelling as a reading of the Orzarua. Maybe you can fit it in, and more compelling as a common sense svara. And I think that um, what you can probably say is that he thought you shouldn't really make it up at all. But he had a precedent he couldn't get out of, which as the Orzerua said, make up two. So he make up one. So he said, okay, make up one. And now he's going to look up every other way of limiting that. He says, nearly. The Dafka Shnei Sedris only two parshios. Because came with Lav Hachi Masinalif Amim Shakorin Bay Sedris Bashabas Achas. right, there there are there are years in which we um we lay right with the no leap year, then we lay in uh, double parshios. Avalin Ispatl Bay Shabbasas. We never find leaning, leaning three. Uh, what happens about, you know, when we lane a maftir, which is longer, which is a quite long maftir, shkalim uh, say, no, no. Okay, he's still, right, he's, you know, he's drawing a, a reasonable but arbitrary line. Okay, so now he says, in our case, if we were to lane, we didn't lane last week. So this will be too long because the Yaklopakudi was a double parsha. And for our purposes, laning a double parsha is the same as uh, right, is the same as laning two missed weeks. Now that's not obvious in the in the um, in the Orzeroa. The Orzeroa could easily have said, and the language of the Orzeroa says you missed one Shabbos. Then you lay in the next Shabbos. But he comes up with this clever idea 
that was only because the Shabbos they missed was a single was a, was a single parsha. But if the Shabbos they missed had been two parshas, or for that matter, if the upcoming Shabbos was two parshas, that would violate the no more than two parshas rule. And therefore, he says, nobody thinks that we should lay in Gimel Sidros this week. Okay, it's a very, a very weak uh, link, better in the, in the summary than in the original, but still a very, a very, uh, a very big week. Okay. Um, okay. Um, okay, right, so that, that's, his, that's, that's his solution here. Okay, um, okay, now he says, um, a, right, then he goes to the whole question, maybe you'll say that, maybe you'll say that they're, um, that they right, that Bayakal Pakude uh, are counted as one cedra. No, that's not, right, that's not, that's not the same. You can't, um, you can't, you can't divide, you can't divide them. Then he has a, he has a new idea. The ode. There's another difficulty here. Kevin the Pakude have a siyam ha-sefer. Okay, so he has a new creative idea. Right? His new creative idea is that, right, is that um, you can't lane from two different svarim of chumash in one Shabbos. Okay, why not? Absolutely no idea why not. But he thinks he seems to think that there is a uh, that there is a uh, there is such a th- there is a thing that there is such a thing that you can't that you can't um, you can't do. He says, in our, right, our, right, our minag, where we say that when you have two parshios together, then one person lanes across the, right, the parshios, right? The Ravi goes across the parshios. And this is, and this is a really good minag. So it won't look like one sedra. Who cares? Sorry. Um, um, right. Maybe he's getting yeah. um, like not skipping between books from like um, skipping around in Navi, which you're not allowed to do. We do it, Zibura. but we do it. Right? So that's we, because we, of skipping, so it doesn't really make sense that you can't keep reading in the same. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I, you know, when you get to the idea of claiming that we have this, that it depends on our minug that the that Ravi goes across both sidras to show it's not the same sidra, and now we're gonna we're gonna mess that up. Like who really right? Where did I get the idea that that, that 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 matters in the slightest? I think that's um, I think that's really 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 uncompelling. I gotta say, uh, I, I am wholly unconvinced by this um, wholly unconvinced by this argument. Um, okay, uh, then he says, look, and we also have this minute of saying chazak. Since we have this minute of saying chazak, so that obviously it would make no sense to say chazak and then to lane something else, and that's the end of it. Okay. I have to say that um, if you were to if you were to bet on it, you know, if you were just if you were looking at this from a purely pragmatic perspective, you would say Yorzeru is in a situation where probably the best way to resolve the fight in the community is to make them lane it again, because the people who are Dafka the Dafkinics the one who didn't hear and they're insisting, okay, we'll lane one century again, we'll create we'll create communal peace, and the Maramins is facing a situation where. Um, Right where the um, where right where they're gonna make they're gonna make them lane uh, you know three parshas everyone's gonna go everyone's gonna go um, every, everyone's gonna go crazy sorry sorry the Rosaru is dealing with 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 sorry with with the, somebody who's kovel alatamid and that is a right so as he doesn't want people mad here's the fight people want their own things sorry the Maramin says um, it doesn't make any sense to lane again because they they had a fight and it's not their fault anyway. 
I mean, sorry, it's not the fault of the people who left. They were Yotzi, their things anyway, to make the whole community lay in three partios because five people were Dapkinex and got stuck in a fight. That doesn't make any sense. But even if you say this, even if you say the Orzarua arose in his circumstances where the best thing was obviously for the community to make up the leaning because otherwise, right, there'll be this ongoing fight about the person who was COVID, who was who exercised the right to break up the Tamid. The Maran means, you know, engaged in the proper thing for his community because five Dafkinics shouldn't force everybody to listen to three Parshios. But you have precedents, and the precedents develop in their own way. So here's the Sefer Amin Hagim, it says the following. Right, so he has this idea, right, which is true. He has a somewhat fuller, um, fuller account of the Orzaru that you're not supposed to skip a parsha. The raya that we don't skip. Right, that's an interesting raya. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't say, okay, you skip the parsha that was supposed to be on that Shabbos, but not much of a raya. Says the chain renu I don't know the case he saw in Regensburg. And he quotes the Marivayal and the Shubas Orzerua. He says, and the Marimin said two, but not three. But he says, I don't find the Marim, the Ram, the Marim Mintz's arguments convincing at all. And for good reason. He doesn't really find the Marim Mintz's um, arguments convincing at all because they're pretty arbitrary. Um, the only argument the Marim Mintz that's really convincing is that it's too much of a Tircha de Tzibura. He doesn't seem to be inclined to think of Tircha de Tzibura as a major thing. Okay. That's our background. Those are all the Rishonim that we have on the subject. We have the Orzerua saying, in his case, you have to lay in, you have to lay in two parshios, and you begin with the one you skipped. You have the Marimin saying, in his case, we don't have to, we don't have to lay in anything at all, because it would be a triple parsha, and you don't and you never lay in, you never lay in, um, you never lay in triple parsha. Um, okay. Now we get into um, into the later halacha. So the Dark Moshe. Which is right. The Ramar of Moshe Israel um, says, "Katav Borzerua imavar Shabbos v'lo kara parsha ruilo se Shabbos yikru le Shabbos aba im parsha ruilo se Shabbos v'al yivot lua ve'nom rim b'ze avras bano batzol karbano." Okay, so he says that if you skip one parsha, you lane two. What about three? He doesn't quote the Marami Mintz. The reason seems to be the Marami Mintz wasn't published. So, the, so the Ramar doesn't know about the Marami Mintz. So he quotes the Orzerua and doesn't tell you anything. About what happens if there were, what happens if there were, if it was a double parsha? What happens if it's at the end of a, at the end of a of a sefer? Any of that? It doesn't show up in the Dark Emosha. Presumably, the Dark Emosha thought that the halacha was that you, um, right? He doesn't even say bidlo atamid, right? He says imavar shabbat lo karu parsha haruilos shabbos, right? So the the Ramah seems to think simple halacha is that if you missed a shabbos, you lay in two parshas in the following shabbos. And Pashtus, I would say, is if you miss three parshos, you lane three. Right, we go to the Shulchan Aruch. He says, "In bitlu Shabbos, in bitlu um, Shabbat Achat, um, the um, aha, okay. Thank you. I'm sorry, you don't have that. Adam Ariel writes that Dark Emotion writes as if it's a quote, um, but it's not a quote. Interesting. Okay, uh, good point. I don't know." Um, Okay, so the um, so the Shulchan Aruch writes right. The, the Shulchan Aruch leaves it blank, right? The Shulchan Aruch doesn't have this halacha at all because it's all Ashkenaz, so he doesn't, right? So we don't know what the Shulchan Mechaber would say about this at all. And the Ramah 
says that if you skipped one Kriyas uh, Kriyas one parsha, the next right, then you read the next week you read both of them, just quoting the Orzarua, because he doesn't know about the Maramim. So you'll see I left in all the little letters, uh, right? You can see that there are uh, nine foot nine footnotes on that one little line of the Ramah, because everybody jumps into it um, thereafter. But what I would say is if you're just following Shulchan Aruch, you would say Pashtus is you lane whatever you missed, whatever whatever you missed, beginning from uh, beginning from when you um, from when you uh, left off. And the only possible objection you could raise to that really is I'd have to say they didn't see the Maharam Mints. That's one possibility. Or we're medayik that maybe they, we want to make them square with Mar- maybe the Marins Diak was right that you can't that you can't lane three parshos, but it's hard to hard to see that and also um, also hard, you know, hard, very hard to read in the notion that it matters whether you went across a safer or not. Um, and you could, or you could claim that for some reason, uh, we, if we wanted to really have fun, we could say that the Mechaber, Kedarka Bakodesh, follows the Zohar, and therefore doesn't, believes that it's wrong to lane from one Parsha, from one Parsha to the other, whereas the Ramah follows the Orzeroz, right? So we really wanted to have fun, we could make it a Machlokas Mechaber, and we say that the, the Mechaber purposefully left it out. But Hard, hard to convince that. Okay, we get to the Ateris, uh, um, the Ateris Zikanim. The Ateris Zikanim, uh, right here we are in, um, in the, right now we're in the 17th century. Um, okay, so here's, here, and so he, he quotes, um, he quotes a number of his, of his uh, predecessors. Here we go, right? Um, and he quotes, sorry, he quotes, starts by quoting the Maramins, right? Up to here he quotes Maramins. Uh, right, and he says it seems to make sense that if either of the skipped Shabbases is too partiot, you don't lay, right, you don't lay, you don't lay it. But now he says, There's a difference between if you missed one week, which has a double parsha, and if you missed two Shabbosos, each time one parsha. Then he says, Azai, or uh, nearly, then it seems to me, he says, Marimins only says you can't lane three parshios. What happens if you have, to, if you miss two Shabbases, can you say, okay, I can't lane three parshios, I'm just going to lane the last Shabbos. So he thinks you have the permission to do that. Um, right, as opposed to if there's a double parsha, you don't have, you don't have the, you don't have the permission at all because it doesn't make any sense to lane, um, right, to lane half of last week's uh, let, uh, has to, uh, half of last week's uh, statement. Okay, and right, then he says, he, but he still he still buys into the idea of the Maramins that you shouldn't lane at the end of the, you shouldn't lane from one safer to another. So for our reality, we would say is that once we, uh, once once this past week is passed, so we can't make up anything according to the Maramins, we can't make up anything from Shmot once we get to Vayikra. And even if you said, okay, well that's the Maramins' idea, I'm not convinced by that. Uh, you might say, okay, we can't make up more than one parsh- more than one week's parshiot, uh, or we could say pashtus and the Urzarua is that you're supposed to make everything up, and the and the, the Darke Moshe doesn't um, doesn't quote the Maramins, so maybe the Maramins doesn't count um, doesn't count halacha. Okay, the um, the the Magen Avram says. Um, Right, we never find three. The ain lomar yikru beis the cholapachos ain't the kana lechatzayin. Okay, so the Magen Avram, as opposed to Teres Akedim, says no, you don't even have the right to lane 
Um, right, Tulane one, one missed a week. If you missed it, you missed it. There's no makeups partially. So once you miss more than one week, it makes no sense. Whereas the um, the Atarazikanim said that it made sense to allow people to lane more than one week. Okay, the um, the Eliyahu Rabbah begins um, by begins by quoting the position that's Ein Ladalik Shum Parsha, and he says um, it seems ob- right, and it seems to him obvious that. Um, that right, if you if you look at the uh, he, he quotes the end of the Hagos we saw and he says it doesn't make any sense to say that the the the, the makes no sense at all and because Maram makes no sense at all he thinks that we should lane um we should right and we should lane all three uh all three parshas says Vikness Dagdola here we are Vikness Dagdola Lulos Atami Lakaman the Simon Resh Pei Beis have you whoops have you Divreha Ram Lalacha below his Kiru Divreha Gos and all they quoted. Uh, right, they quoted the uh, the Maram Mints without quoting the Hagos of Hamid Hagim we saw. And I think they must have missed that Sefer Min Hagim, which said Maram Mints is wrong. Um, and I think that the Sefer Min Hagim is right, the Maram Mints is wrong, and you have to make everything up. Okay, so now we can start lining our start lining up our position. You have a position uh, which is attributed to the Orzarua and is reasonable. Right. If you take the Orzerua as really stating an absolute principle, you're never supposed to skip a Parsha. The Orzerua doesn't qualify that claim. So if we have that position, you have to make up all the laying. The Maram Mintz comes up with two different ways to avoid that. One is he says you can't skip across um, you can't skip across um, Sfarim. So once you hit, uh, once you get the end of Shmuel's Vicar, you can't do it. And secondly, he says you can't lay in more than uh, two Parshas at a time. So once you miss two weeks, there's no right. You certainly don't have to lane all of them. As against that, we have Machlokas. Whether if you miss more than two weeks, whether you're allowed to lane just one week to feel better at making it up, and that seems to be a Machlokas. And in the very background, conceivably, you have a position um, of a Zohar that says that you're not allowed to make anything up at all. Um, okay. Um, so now, then, in the 18th century, you get a line of the Gra. The Gra says in Bitlov v'chulei. The Gra draws an analogy to Tvila. Now, a lot of people seem to take this analogy with enormous seriousness and say what the Gra is saying here is that the obligation to make up Kriyasa just like the obligation to make up Tvila, is an individual obligation. And therefore, they generate the idea, which is a, a radical new idea, that every individual has an obligation to make, right, to make up Kriya Satora completely. And then we, there's a story, again, I thank Adam for this reference. Um, so when the Gro was in prison for a while, when he left prison, when he couldn't, didn't, didn't have a waning in prison, he called the Balkari to read all the Sedras that he missed. Okay, so now we can, right, this is what we might call the super Orzerua. It's not a, an obligation on the community. It's an obligation on individuals, and it applies no matter what, right? No matter how many how many things you lay. Okay, I think that this is a radical overreading of the Gra. All the Gra is saying is you might think that there's an idea of tashlumin by leaning, just as there's an idea of tashlumin by tefila. By tefila, the tashlumin is for the individual because the chiv is on the individual, and by leaning, the the chiv is the the tashlumin are on the on the sibur because the chiv was on the sibur. The notion that from here you can derive a claim of an individual obligation seems to me uh, very difficult 
uh, to sustain, and there is, so far as I can tell, no record in the Rishonim whatsoever of any such of any such obligation. And the story, you know, I don't know the the, the, the book at all, um, but it you know it doesn't say that, that the Grok said this did this on Shabbos, and no one thinks you can make up mislandings on Shabbos during the week for reasons that we're not going to go into today. It doesn't even say that he had a um, that he that he had a minion or that he made brachos or anything. Maybe he got out of prison. And he wanted to feel that he didn't he didn't miss any of, of Torah, so he had somebody lead read, read all those. I don't read that much of it, uh, that much into it. In context, people often then follow this up by quoting a story about the rov. When the rov came in uh, from Boston in YU, if he missed Kriyas Torah on he came in on Monday. If he missed Kriyas Torah, then he would call people together and ask them to lean again at Mincha. Um, so that, right, so that again, that doesn't seem to me um, evidence at all because the purpose of Takanas Ezra is that you should not go three days without Torah. So I can see very much if you missed laning on Monday, the idea that you have to hear laning on Monday because otherwise you went three days without Torah. Uh, how that relates to laning on Shabbos, the whole Parsha, um, is not obvious to me. You know, as people always point out, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to lane on Tuesday. Uh, certainly doesn't make any If you miss laning on Thursday, it doesn't make any sense. Um, right, um, you don't make it up the following Sunday because you already had three days of that Torah. So it's really not um, it's really not compelling. Um, it's really not compelling at all. Okay, we're going to be hitting the end of um, of our time. You'll see that, um, that other issues start arising uh, at uh, at this point. Late, later issues start uh, start arising. So one issue that comes up is if what happens if you miss Shacharis but you still have time to lane at Mincha. So can you make up chakras at Mincha? So if you, the problem there is if you take the notion that Moshe Rabbeinu was metaki in chakras and Ezra was metaki in Mincha, so maybe Mincha is not a time when you can fulfill the kind of Moshe, or maybe not. Um, then people, right, people try and figure out, does it make a difference whether you're Mavata with Beshogeg or Bemezer or Bonus? And then you have to try and figure out what happened in the cases in, um, in Cologne and in Erfurt. Did they, um, did, was that considered Mezid? Well, the people who were mevatel did it b'mezid, but the people who were mevutal did it b'shogeg. Or bonus, they couldn't lane. There were people standing. In, right, so that's not, right. So that's issue, that's an issue. Uh, that's an issue as um, as well. Um, and you can see how all those all those issues line up. So I wanted to finish. I think that's where we should finish by reading a tshuva of Rav Moshe uh, together with you. So Rav Moshe says the following: Bidvar kriyas haTorah, v'day shetzarik adam lishmoa kol kriyas liyachsarlo. Everybody has to listen to laning really intensely, not to miss even one word. But if you missed a letter or a word, if we're talking about Monday and Thursday, Rav Moshe says, so then it depends. Did you, for each aliyah, did you hear three psukim? Right, so long, right? At the end of the day, the issue is, did you hear three aliyahs of three psukim each? You heard three aliyahs of three psukim each, you're Yotze on Monday and Thursday. Okay, but Bakriya is the parsha the parsha of Shabbos. When it comes to leaning on Shabbos, Hare Levad Chiyoshmiyah Zayin. Sorry, skip there. Hare Levad Chiyoshmiyah Zayin Kruim. In addition to the obligation to, to hear seven aliyos, each of which three aliyos. Right? Shemitzadze imhayu Zayin Kruim af b'miksas a parsha akvu yatsa. So then, if you heard seven seven olim, each reading three three psukim from the parsha, you would be yotzei that. Right? Um, 
but you're missing those words in that pasuk. She'ika din mitzad minek kavua b'chol ha'olam ligmor et ha-Torah b'chol shana v'shana. So Rav Moshe Kedarka B'Kodesh comes up with a completely new idea. There's a din mitzad minek kavua b'chol ha'olam ligmor et ha-Torah b'chol shana v'shana. Everybody has an obligation, not because of Moshe Rabbeinu, not because of Takana, right? Because he knows about the, right? He know, he's, he's not going to make any claim like that because he knows that, that the, the, the Israeli minag was to finish once every three years. But there's a minag kavua b'chol ha'olam, to finish the Torah every year. Therefore, Rav Moshe says, if you missed the Pasuk, you failed to fulfill this minag. Ach she'en lo but you have no, you have no way to do this, that sibur lo metrochin lachzorod pam b'shvil yechidim. Because the tzibur, um, you can't force the tzibur to go back because of Yechidim. But he says, if there's a minyan shalem that missed, that missed words of Pesukim, so then just like the halacha is, if you missed in laning, you missed the Pesuk, everyone has to go back. So if there's a whole tzibur that missed it, right, that, right, if there's no, right so the, peop, the people who, sorry, if there are 10 people who missed a Pesuk, they should go back later, and they should, he says, they should go back and lane the places they missed, not in order. But they should just go back and missed and lane the places they missed. So in the very end, it seems to me, Rav Moshe creates a whole new halacha. The fact that he creates this whole new halacha tells you that he doesn't believe that there is a, that there is a, that there is any, that any of the previous chiyuvim um, um, existed. And here's where I so here's where I think where, where I think it comes out. I think that there is a minag to for every right to finish Kriya Torah every year. There's a minag for everybody to be in shul and hear all of Kriya Torah. Um, I think that it, that well, minhagim often have um, boundaries built into them, and because we we're not matriyat the tzibur to go back for individuals, so therefore obviously there are circumstances where we allow individuals not to not to fulfill their minag. Um, and that, and the, the boundary of that is Tirchad Sibura. So the question now is: now that we have lots of people who haven't finished their, who haven't finished fulfilled their obligation, what's right? So is it? It's not Tirchad Sibura because of individuals. It's Tirchad Sibura because of the, of because of the whole, um, because of the whole group. Um, so I would suggest, really, what, is what comes out probably is as follows: there Meikar Hadin. Um, certainly, in our case, because we've already finished, we've already finished um, Sefer Shmos, um, and we have multiple parshios. Um, so it's not right. So it's not. It's not clear that even the Orzarua would think that there's a point in making up partially what you missed. And it's reasonable to say that the Orzarua would have at some point given up and said, "Look, there's a mitzvah in a Muvchar to finish Torah, but that mitzvah in a Muvchar doesn't justify the Tirchot Sibura." Of right of um, of making everybody lane seven, right lane lane seven partios. So it seems to me very very hard to argue that there's a chiyuv to make up all the partios. What about making up the partios in vayikra? Let's say when we start right if, whenever this whenever this is over, right? So what about making up the partios in vayikra? Um, so there again, I think the boundary would be tirchlet sibura in the orzuro. It's very difficult to claim there's a chiyuv. And I think that the language Mitzvah Namufchar in the Urzur is probably correct. And if somebody wanted to argue a counter, we didn't see the Achronim would pick it up. The Achronim do pick up later the Zohar and say, hey, you can't do this at all. I think that's a perfectly um, reasonable position at all. Uh, on the other hand, I think we saw that there, you know, the Zohar doesn't have so much 
so much um, so much um, impact on uh, even on the achronim. So if you wanted to say that you can that um, that the seabor should make up one week, um, certainly they have rishus to make up one week. Uh, that seems to be to be a reasonable position, and I think that it's probably a pastoral decision on the part of the, on the part of the rabbi and the shul whether the tircha de sibura is a bigger deal, or whether people will feel like to just go back as if nothing happened. We can't do that, so we'll do the one we'll do the one parsha to make up for the one week, right? So at least we acknowledge that we missed something. I could see other ways. I could see um, there's a minute that doesn't seem to be as widespread as I knew as I thought of laying all of Sefer Dvarim. Uh, on Shmiyat uh, Saras night. Um, so I could see that there would be optional for people who really feel bad about it. I could see there being optional leanings um, in the afternoon before, let's say before Shabbos Mincha, or uh, if you don't like Shabbos Mincha, but that seems like a, like a bad time, either at night or um, let's say, you know, instead of Hashgama, right, there could be an, a mass mm. leaning. And I could see doing that, like we'll do all the partials in Shmos first, and that's this Shabbos landing, and then we'll do all the parshios in the Ikra next. I can see those are all ways uh, in which you, but my, my bottom line is I think it's very, very hard to say that there's an obligation to lane even one parsha. And I think that it's almost impossible to say that we just pass like the Razorua, there's an obligation to lane all parshios. And, but I think there are lots of creative ways to make people feel that, they, uh, that they've missed something, that, that they haven't missed anything. Okay, any questions before we finish? Okay, I'm really, really grateful to everybody for sticking with me, even though I blew the technology. I think we figured out why it is we've broken, the, why it is we've done it, and it won't be an issue tonight. So I hope we'll see you all again um, tonight at uh, tonight at nine. Uh, I have a couple of questions, if I may. Oh, sure, go ahead, Joe. Uh, first, how does the individual's obligation to read the Torah portion each right each week, Shnayim Mikrav Echad Targum, fit into this? If, that's a that's a great question. And many achronim have long debates about whether this is the same thing is true about Shnayim Mikrovech Targum. I think it's much easier to argue that, in the, right, because there's no reason to have skipped that. Right. right? The individual Shnayim Mikrovech Targum is not connected to Kriyas Torah. It's just your obligation. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that if you miss Shnayim Mikrovech Targum, I think there's a long tradition that you are supposed to make that up yourself. If but you need to be make it up in order or not. If the individuals, though, if the individual members of the congregation have done that, how does that affect the congregation's obligation, if any, to then reread the missing portions in public? Since at least according to some opinions, the public reading is basically just intended to be one of those three readings. Um, yeah, I think, that's, I think that would be a clever argument uh, if everybody in the community had done Shnai Mikra, so that even if you thought there was an obligation, maybe there wouldn't be. But in practice, I don't know anybody who has held that if that if an entire community has done right, if we you know if we got up before shul and we said has everyone here done shnai mikra and becha targum and everyone says yes, I don't know anybody who says that we're not allowed to lane then with a bracha. So I think it's very hard to say that you wouldn't still have a communal obligation. Okay. Good question yes. is if one does read more than one parsha to make up the missing parshiot, how many aliyot does one call and how does one divide them up? Right, so that's a great question. That's a great question. Other people have also uh, have addressed that question, right? You know, do you do it, do you do it with, Sheva, with seven aliyos and everything else is a hosafa? Um, and then the problem they have is maybe there's an obligation to have seven aliyos in the Parsha that's a of that week. So maybe you should lay in this week's Parsha first and then lay next week's Parsha. But that means you're going out of order. 
right? That's right. So those are those all right, those are great questions. Um and you know, I often say, you know, I married a guy, but I say I wouldn't have to address um that kind of question. I, I am not happy with the idea of uh of going out of order. So probably my suggestion would be, but this is you know very offhand and I'm not a gabai, that the first aliyah be the whole first parsha plus tilshani of the sec of the parsha of that uh, week. Right, that would probably be my way might be my way of doing it. Um, so that you know there's no so that you still have seven in case you're not supposed to lame that. So then you have this mm-hmm. and uh, right. But I think Meikara did. I probably I think probably. That you know, I think it's interesting. I haven't seen any chuvos about what happens if people forgot and lamed the wrong parsha one week, mm-hmm. and you you just you remember in the middle, right? You thought you're, you think you're supposed to lane brach, you lane brachas, but really it's really it's Noah. I haven't seen any chuvos about that. My suspicion is that maker um, we would paskin that the chiv, and as Rav Moshe says, really the chiv is to lane seven aliyos of some sukkim. And that probably it's not a bracha levatala as long as you have you're leaning something it doesn't matter what, so probably it would be fine however you did it. But if you know that's why I'm not a gabai because I think it's probably many of these things I think it's fine however you did it. Um, but I think that if I were if I were answering the shaila, I would pro- what I what I would suggest would probably be one long aliyah going till shani of the second parsha. Okay, thank you all again. Uh, they draw the curve. Thank you. Thank you. Okay.